and a very warm welcome to the 2020 Christmas special of the Glasgow Motorway Archive podcast. I'm Stuart, and I'm joined by John. Hello. And I'm joined by Nick. Howdy. How are we both doing? John, how are you? Yeah, I'm really good. It's, it's good to be sitting here again. I noticed that the archive office is very festive. You've got all out with the tinsel. Yep, wouldn't have it any other way. And this music, wonderful music, wouldn't you agree? Yes, it's not a Christmas podcast without your music. Absolutely. Notice I'm saying your music. My music, well, that's it. As director, (laughs) I have nothing to to do with this. Yep. Nick, how's things with you? You're you're joining us remotely, but we can hear you fine. Good, good. Um, Yeah, things are going well. Thanks very much for having me back on for what is now an annual tradition, I think. Yes, it is, it is indeed. And as anybody who's listened to us for a while will know that the Christmas edition of the podcast is usually quite a big affair for us. Mm. But given the way 2020 has gone, um, we've obviously had to scale things back a bit this year, so no live broadcast, no special features. But what we've decided to do is actually bring in a completely new topic, one that we've never discussed before, but one that people seem to be interested in. Mm. And that is the Ayrshire dual carriageway system. Because... Right. When you think about it, Ayrshire actually has a lot of expressway standard roads. Yeah, road. good quality roads yeah. down there, and we've never really spoken about them. We haven't, because we? we've been so focused in other parts of the country that we've kind of missed them. So, you know, why not? Christmas special. Absolutely. Bring it in, let's see what we've done. And we have done a ton of research for this. Well, this is the thing. We actually have, the reason why we've not spoken about it is we haven't known much about it. Yeah. Yes, sure, through our work, we've been down there or when we visited Ayrshire, but we just don't have much info. So, you know, Stuart, you've, you've spent a lot of time looking into this with the help of, you know, Graham. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. We have to thank Graham Yule and John Tal for the research and for some of the information that they've provided and supplied mm-hmm. on all these Ayrshire schemes. Without those guys, we really would have struggled to It would be a very together. short podcast. Yeah, it would. So thanks so much to them. Uh, yes. We really do appreciate it. Uh, and I know they, they both listen to the podcast as well. So hopefully okay. their information will, will make a good one. <laughs> okay. So when we're talking about Ayrshire roads... Uh, yeah. are, are we talking about the main roads, like the trunk roads down in Ayrshire? Well, How far are we going down here? Yeah, k- kind of. Yeah, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you a list of routes because right. there are some trunk and there are some non-trunk. So okay. some local authority maintained routes and amongst the government maintained routes. Okay. Right. okay. So we're thinking, and we're only thinking about the expressway style roads. So right. the, the dual carriageways, the fast moving high speed dual carriageways. So I'm thinking the A71 between the A77 and the A78. Is that the one between, uh, was it Warwick's and yep. Belfield? So Irvine to Kilmarnock. Irvine to Kilmarnock, right. yep. We're also going to look at the A78 from just north of Irvine at Kilwinning all the way down to Prestwick. Okay, yeah, okay. another one. There's the A77 from the end of the M77 at Fenwick mm-hmm. all the way down to Ayr at Whitlitz. Yeah. Okay, and there's a, a wee extra one in here. We've got the A79 which is the wee loop that goes around the north of the runway of Prestwick Airport. And also there's a wee bit of A76 that I've chucked in as well, which is single carriageway, but it ties in with the system, and that's the Hurlford Bypass. Is that the thing that goes down towards uh, Cumnock? It goes down towards Cumnock, but the section we're talking about joins the A77 at Ah, uh, Belfield. Yeah, yeah. uh, And just bypasses I know uh, the bit that, I know the bit you're talking about, yes. Yeah. Uh, I've not driven it all, but I, I know the bit. So we were having a chat about this before we, before we started recording. And John, you're, you're fairly familiar with Ayrshire. Um, Nick, you're not so familiar with Ayrshire, which is good because because it means we can throw some questions your way and, and see what you, you think about that. An independent yeah. kind of opinion. Yeah. And of course, Nick, you can question us and go, I'm sorry, guys, where the hell is that? You know? So. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to have to sit uh, with the maps open, I think. Yeah, yeah, you should. That's a good idea. Aye. That's one I done when we were doing this last time and we had a great chat. Yeah, so exactly. Get, get, the maps are always helpful. Get it open. Yeah. So then, John, um, come to you then. Sure. Ayrshire, dual carriageway. What's your immediate thought? See, so whenever I think of it, I um I, I think of the Irvine bypass. Yeah. 
And there's a reason for that. Is uh, well, don't you know, tell anybody now. <laughs> don't tell anybody now because we're coming. To that. Right. Okay. Well. Okay. I'll just. I'll just. Uh, I'll keep the intrigue then. Okay. Uh, but no, I, I do think of the A78, particularly that section around Irvine, the, the new town there. But I do also think about um, a road that is no longer with us to some degree, and that was the old A77 uh, before that was converted to motorway. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, but that's that's really what I think of, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. I do use these roads quite a bit if I'm, I'm heading down to Irvin or Air, yeah. you know, the Air Bypass as well. Yep, yep. Nick, you you said obviously you, you weren't just as familiar with them, but in terms of Ayrshire and dual carriageway, what, what would come to your mind first if, if uh, I was the, asking you about one of the routes? The first one would be the A77, mm -hmm. when the main route's heading down into towards uh, Ayrshire itself. Yeah. Uh, a couple of the big interchanges on the A77, um, mm -hmm. and then after that, that that bit about hit maybe the down the Girvan way, I mm -hmm. think is about the extent mm -hmm. of the roads that I would I would say that I've, I'm knowledgeable of. Certainly don't know a lot about them, but I could maybe recall from memory driving down them. But apart from that, yeah, that's really the only main routes that I'd use. Yeah, and you know, like like Nick, that that was kind of me until maybe a couple of years ago when when I went down one of the times on a on a drive and I thought, you know, there's actually some interesting features here. I remember um, we we done we an day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I remember thinking, oh, this is actually quite interesting, and I remember. This is as sad as it gets, really. But the thing that stuck out for me was the narrow width of the Kilmarnock Bypass on the A77. Because mm -hmm. when you come off the M77, which is built to modern standards, quite wide, maybe 3.8 wide meter mm -hmm. lanes, mm -hmm. uh, and then you get to Kilmarnock Bypass, and they're probably just, you know, barely above maybe three and a half meters, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Noticeable difference and no hard strip. Mm -hmm. On either the side, quite a deep cutting there, isn't it? Yes, it is as well. Yeah. yeah. So, will we start with the E seventy seven? I think we do. Yes, yeah. it's the main route that everyone thinks of, and the yeah. continuation of the M seventy seven. Okay, so we've we've done podcasts before where we spoke about this, this the M seventy seven. So, to give people a bit of background on on the E seventy seven, so that is the main trunk road between Glasgow and Stranraer. It's existed for decades. Mm -hmm. um, the vast majority of its length is single carriageway, so from Ayr all the way to Stranraer, a single carriageway. Uh, historically, the section between the north of the Kilmarnock Bypass and the, the end of the M77 at Newton Mearns was a single carriageway. It was a bit of a, a killer road. Mm -hmm. It was a death trap, and, and the motorway was opened in 2005 and removed that section. So that basically provided yeah. a, a section of high-quality road all the way from Glasgow at the M8 all the way down to Ayr. Yeah. But the first section of old dual carriageway that you reach is the Kilmarnock Bypass. Yes. And uh, that starts at an interchange called Meeklewood. Meeklewood, yes, yes, that's right. So that's north of Kilmarnock. <clears throat> yeah. So the Kilmarnock Bypass itself was, was actually quite a long scheme. It was you know, several miles long. Um, it was designed, as, as most of these old schemes were, uh, pre-1975 by Air County Council. Mm -hmm. And uh, it came in at a cost of £5 million, which is actually quite a considerable amount of money now. You know, you're probably looking at well over £100 million, mm -hmm. you know, now, and if you were looking at equivalent prices. Um, constructed by our old friends, Watlings. Okay. Yep, who got Not about in a ring road favourites. Yep, yep, yep. So they, they got about Watlings were involved in the construction of that. And it was the um opened on the second of February 1973, mm -hmm. which actually do you know it's what? It's probably more recent than I thought. I, I, I always thought it had, it, it smacked of kind of uh, mid, early to mid 60s for me when I, I looked at it. I thought that as well. Yeah, just from looking at some of the bridges and things like yeah. that, it just seemed that way. I wonder if it was designed many, many, many years before mm -hmm. it was actually built. Through. Um, well, here's the thing. Um, why was the Kilmarnock Bypass? This is a question you might not know this. Uh, not asking for a rhetorical thing, but why was that bit built? You know, we've got to do the Kilmarnock Bypass. So surely you'd start at Glasgow and go, let's upgrade all of this down yeah. there. The simple reason is the main road through Kilmarnock, the A77 at that time, went through the town centre. 
All right, okay. The original proposal was actually to provide Kilmarnock with a western bypass, and there is actual, actually a section of dual carriageway within Kilmarnock just approaching the west of the town centre that exists already, and that was anticipated as being the first phase of the eventual Kilmarnock western bypass. Right, now, okay. I believe one lane on either side of that's now hatched off. It's back to single carriageway, and at some point during the 60s, they decided, no, hang on, we're going to take this road in a whole new line, and we're going to run east of the town. I'm just looking at the maps, and I'm not sure, Nick, if you can see this. I, I was just going to ask, I take it that single carriageway section you're talking about is the uh, Hurlford Road? That's right. Hurlford Road is the bit that comes yeah. into to Belfield just Interchange. Just leads off yeah. to Belfield Interchange. That's right, yep. Yeah. So that's the, that's the bit of A71. So they decided, obviously, to run the, the, the bypass east of Kilmarnock. Uh, and possibly that was because they, they envisaged this big interchange with the two other major routes. So the E76 heading off to Dumfries and the E71 that was then going to cut across to the new Irvine, uh, new town. Um, so I, I wonder if that was perhaps, a, you know, a plan there. You know, if they had run it west of the town, mm-hmm. what would they have done with the E76? They would need to have extended that quite a bit to, you know, yeah, to reach you, it. You'd probably end up having to build a ring road of sorts, yeah. you know? So. Yeah, exactly. So, so come on up bypass, that, that does that. Very interesting at Belfield. Because yes. because of the proximity of the river to the junction, the when you're going off the slip roads, mm-hmm. you'd actually run bridges uh, yes. coming from the north. And you That's go right. Off, yeah. Or if you're heading north, you, you, when you come cut off in the slip roads, you actually cross two bridges over the river. I do. I think that that is quite unique. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so. is, is it? Is it really? I, but you know, it's it's not very common. It's not common. Um, and I always think, gosh, that must be quite expensive. Would you not have tried to move the junction elsewhere to avoid that? Yeah. Save yourself a couple of bridges. Um, I want to talk a bit about Belfield Interchange. And Belfield mm-hmm. Interchange doesn't have lights on it, does it? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. And uh, oh. I, I found it a very busy <laughs> junction. It's very busy. It's horrifically busy. Yeah, and I found when I'm coming up, uh, and it's it's quite a large roundabout, um, good geometry and sight lines on it, and people do go quite quickly around it, so it's quite hard to get from you know the top of the slip. I think it. the most difficult manoeuvre on that roundabout is if you're coming out of Kilmarnock on the local road and you're mm-hmm. looking to join the roundabout, or right. if you're coming off the E76 um, and you're looking to join, you know, the E71 or go north on the E77 because the, the, the sort of the busy moves, the, the busy mm. movements around that roundabout. My understanding is that uh, there is a city deal proposal to install traffic lights on that junction, mm-hmm. uh, which a, a lot of people will probably go, my God, should mm-hmm. be near years ago because it, it can be quite difficult to, to get onto the roundabout of course. at busy times. And you do get queuing on some of the slips as well. Mm-hmm. I know you do on the, the west, of, uh, the east approach to uh, Belfield from the A71. You know, you get some queues on there at busy times and on the southbound off-slip mm-hmm. as well, you know, uh, from the A77. Do you think it's potentially a junction that in the future, I'm not sure what the, the turning movements are entirely on it, but something that could benefit from another flyover? You never know. Mm-hmm. I imagine from an engineering point of view, it could be quite difficult mm-hmm. because of the, just because of you, the river. It would be very and, high. Yeah, it would yeah. need to be very high to clear uh, everything. Does the traffic justify it? Mm. You don't know. know. The traffic yeah. lights will probably solve the that issue, situation. I would think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that's that one. So there is another uh, junction on the Kilmarnock Bass um, uh, bypass known as Grassyards Interchange. Yes. Now, I've seen, you know, we had a look at the opening document, opening booklet for Kilmarnock Bypass, uh, mm-hmm. some papers, and it doesn't actually mention that on the map there, but that is an original feature of that. Yeah, it must be. It has to be. Yeah. I, I've always considered that one as being a kind of a northern access to Kilmarnock yeah. there's a lot of new housing built in Kilmarnock around about that time in that mm-hmm. area and I, I often wondered if Grassyards was maybe provided for that yeah it's grass Grassyards is a full diamond isn't it 
Yes. A full diamond a, interchange. Well, it's yeah. just called what we call a diamond. A diamond, yeah. yeah. Just to, any pedantic people out there who might call a full diamond something else, it's just a diamond, yes. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So, so you've got that one. Mm -hmm. There's also the one at the bottom, the fork interchange at the bottom of the bypass. Now, this there. is where the old A77 mm -hmm. used to come out of Comarque and join there. Right, I right. See. So, if you were, this was a good tie-in. Yeah. So that that's the tie-in. They're a very big wide verge on the near side mm -hmm. as you're heading south at that junction over where the, the the slip road comes round and joins. And there's a, a, a you mm -hmm. know very wide verge there for some reason, probably for sight lines or or something like that. Okay. And then after that, you basically continue on the road to Ayr or down towards Ayr. Yeah, that goes down towards, is it Dutch House roundabout? Yeah, Dutch House. Now, it drops in spec quite considerably at this point. Now, you yeah. think you've come off the Kilmarnock Bypass, which is fully grade separated, you mm -hmm. know, no roundabouts, no traffic signals, anything like that. Mm -hmm. and, and if you've come from Glasgow in the M77, you know, you've had uninterrupted flow from Glasgow all the way to the end of the You're talking bypass. about present day. Yeah, yes. present day. So after that, you reach the section which was basically constructed as bog end to Dutch House. Mm -hmm. So that's that section of dual carriageway with a 50 mile an hour limit on yeah, it with the this, average speed cameras. This is where the average speed cameras start. So this to me is, it almost seems like at the time it was it was a, one of these parallel dueling jobs yeah. and it was done on the cheap. Exactly. Uh, and you, you do look at it. It's a very, it's quite a straight section of road, isn't yeah. it? And it's fronted by houses and yeah. there's, a, there's a little bit of up and down. There's a couple uh, of villages. Yeah. yeah they've, they've squeezed it in there. Um, mm. Now, I again, I, I thought that that had been done years and years and years and years ago, like way back, maybe even early 60s. Mm -hmm. But it turns out it only opened in 1969. Um, it was built by Murdoch McKenzie. Uh, who were based in Motherwell, they built most of the East Kilbride Expressway. That's, okay. you know, they've been mentioned for that before. They still exist. Again, on a design by Air County Council. Um, now, we don't know when in 1969 it opened. So if anybody mm. remembers that section Or how much opening, it cost. Or how much it cost. So, yeah, so right. if anybody has that information. Now, there's some facts about this section. Right. It was a death trap. Right. There was crossovers in the middle of the road. So for right-hand turns uh, and for traffic emerging from side roads at Simonton. Mm -hmm. You might remember Simonton. Yeah. And uh, I believe that two... Two police officers were killed um, back in the early 2000s there yeah. when emerging from a junction. Um, and that led to calls for an upgrade, which have come forward and have happened. And that's why the, the, the junction now there, just at Hansel Village, mm -hmm. has been grade separated. And there was two overbridges provided. That's right. There. They've taken the problem, uh, you know, the, those potential conflicts out Yeah. Um, with those things. I mean, this is one where I could ask you about this, Nick, is when I... You get these dual carriageways where you, um, I don't know what the, what the actual term is it, where you have um, a gap in the central re reservation where you can turn across the other mm -hmm. other carriageway, especially when they're at national speed limit. They're yeah. really quite dangerous. You need, I don't know what your opinion is of these things or if you've had to negotiate a few of these. Even in a highway, I, I always go back to the highway code for these things, but even the highway code, the specific photos and specific wording for doing this type of thing, that, that just shows how dangerous or not inherently dangerous the road is, but how dangerous the manoeuvre itself is. Yeah. I'm always a fan of it, see, especially if there's a roundabout just a wee bit further round. If I can, it's, it's a lot safer about. to get down to the roundabout yeah. and spin about, it can back up. Yeah. Um, see, sometimes it can actually save you quite a bit of time doing that as well, instead of having to wait at that junction. It stops putting you at risk, especially mm -hmm. in a cross flow traffic for somebody coming up at what is a national speed limit. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's, it's dangerous. It's dangerous and difficult to do turning off the road, but it's even worse if you are turning onto the dual carriageway. Yeah. Now we've seen this at Lawrence Kirk on the A90, yeah. which is a place that's going to get a flyover. Yeah. And we had to come out of a, a basically a small side road. Yeah. Uh, and 
going across 70 mile an hour dual carriageway to then hide in a refuge yeah. in the central reserve to then nip out into lane two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, right. you I think mean, about it, it's, it's kind of crazy. These gaps in the center res, they work very well when you've got low traffic flow. And I suppose thinking back to 1969 when that was built, it was yeah. probably, it was only getting maybe a few hundred vehicles a day, you know, so you're moving it. It's just like a quiet road. You know, it's easy that you, there's no traffic coming, but when that becomes 20, 30,000 vehicles a day in each direction, that's a whole That's different a ball game, you know, and you can always squeeze so many cars into the gap in the middle as well. And, you know, it was, it was probably, you know, it was just trouble waiting to happen. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. this, this section here, I don't know what the history is with the speed limit at Symington. Well, Bogen, it was national speed limit. Yeah. Historically it was national speed limit and that accident happened. And uh, now I don't recall if the 50 was brought in immediately after the accident as a way of trying to improve safety. But the, the average speed cameras, which run all the way down to A77 from there, all the way to, no, it's not quite Stranraer, it's, it's north of Stranraer mm. or Girvan. It was the first um, place in Scotland that put these in permanently. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And it cut the accident rate by mm. a huge amount. Um, but the 50 mile an hour limit came in at that point. Now, I think it was promised initially that the 50 limit would be lifted when the flyovers were completed. Correct. But to date, that has not happened. It's come up in Parliament a few times because yeah. I have looked into it, um, but they don't seem to be budging on it. Yeah, and they've, I think they've decided to, to leave it as it is for the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's the kind of, that's probably the most substandard section of dual carriageway in all the bits we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Although it's been improved massively now. See, see the see the flyover that was put there. When was that built? Was that was that a more recent addition? Or, yeah, that was like twenty. Uh, not the flyover, the, the the pedestrian crossover. Sorry, the the bridge, the old, yeah. the old bridge that's been there. I think since the eighties. I think that's been Has there it? for yeah, that's been there for a while. The white the white bridge, the footbridge. Yeah. I think it's been there for for maybe about thirty years. No doubt somebody listening will be able to tell us. But I will need to check, I need to check the records. We do have records available for that. But I reckon it was possibly the eighties for that one. Hansel footbridge, that one's called. Yeah, that uh, just it comes out of the, yeah, just comes out of the, the, the wee Hansel um, village there. Um, so, yeah, I know the one you mean, but I think it's been there a while. Flyovers, I think, went in 2012, 2013. Yeah, around about that time. It was about 2012, 2013. Yeah. 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 So we get down to Dutch House, which is, um, you know, our, our kind of next section yeah. that we're going to talk about. So Dutch House is basically the northern end of the air bypass. Hmm. And the air bypass is miles long, yeah. miles and miles long. Because it goes all the way from Dutch House all the way down to Bankfield Roundabout, mm-hmm. which is way to the south of Ayr. Um, But again, Ayr was a big town. Ayr still is a big town. And I can only imagine what it would have been like with all that holiday traffic and summer traffic piling through Ayr Town Centre. Mm, especially to go further south. Yeah. So there were there's three main sections of the Ayr Bypass. Uh, and there's some interesting stories behind bits of this as okay. well, which I'm, which I'm going to tell you about. Um, the first phase, which is Dutch House to Whitlitz, is probably the section we know best. So that's the dual carriageway section mm-hmm. uh, around Presswick Airport. So you run around east of Presswick Airport, and when you look across, you can you can see that the runway and, and the airport quite clearly. Yeah. Now, this is the bit that was built early. So I actually would have thought I had assumed that that section, just by the feel of it, had come later than the bog end to Dutch House and maybe even the Comara Bypass. But no. It opened in uh, on the 10th of March, 1961. So right. it's actually one of the earliest dual carriageways of that yeah, it's, type it's in actually, the whole country. It's actually quite decent. Yeah. Um, there is a nasty little roundabout halfway along it, uh, quite a small roundabout that was added in later. Yeah. 
I, it was a nineties edition, I think. That yeah, roundabout. that was put in, and it's quite small. And I, I, I don't like that roundabout. Yeah, I don't like so that. There's a nasty dip in it. Yeah, and you go around it. It's just off. There's I think that's designed that. to slow people down as well. That roundabout, based on how tight it is to get around it. Yeah. I think they were maybe thinking hmm. it's a bit of a Langbank type thing. Yeah. Where let's make a small little roundabout that you can't just turbo through. Yeah, you know. Now, now, um, we're, so. we're in the company of people who don't like us turboing through anything. Roundabouts are special, so just bear that in mind. I, I keep forgetting that. I just, I'm just looking over my microphone. There's, there's Nick there. He's watching. You know. Yeah, he's taking yeah. notes. You know, he's Glaring. taking notes in his book. You know. I've, I've got it. My book's full. I can't take any more notes. Oh, that's fine then, Stuart. Let's just turbo away. Yeah. No, yeah. But even just looking at the bats for that roundabout and driving that roundabout as well, as it is, you can tell it's designed to slow people down. It's designed yeah. to really take the speed off before you continue on your next section of road. Oh, definitely. To, to there's this thing where they try and put these deflections and stuff in. Yeah. You know? uh, it was built by Watlings as well. Mm-hmm. Good old Watlings. They, they, they certainly got about. Uh, we do need a cost for this one as well. Um, I reckon it was probably in the hundreds of thousands of pounds based on the the, 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 the time, <laughs> you know, when it was built. Probably not in the millions at that stage, I would think. And again, it was under design by Air County Council. All these schemes, I should have said, were 75% funded by the Scottish office, mm-hmm. as I've said many times. But designed in house, so Air had their own design office. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, as, it was, as all the old councils did. Councils had to base. Yeah, no, they've been cut back to the bone so much. They, <laughs> they can barely do much. much yeah, but it costs days. far more money to have to get a consultant in, you know? <laughs> Look at you, you yeah. you're agreeing with me, but you can't agree with me. Like, I, I, I know, but you know, John, this is where it is. But anyway, sorry, please continue. Yeah, uh, okay, so that takes us to Whitlings. What Whitlings? No, what Whitlets? Whitlets. So Whitlings and Whitlets. Whitlets is a massive roundabout, but it um, wasn't always, you know, so it wasn't always. I remember Whitlets when it was just two lanes all the way around it, and it was a traffic congestion nightmare. Okay, nightmare, total so nightmare. It opened us to so if you had a nice sunny summer's day. Mm-hmm. in June or July, and everybody said, I'm going to air for the day. And people would pile down the A77 and gridlock it. Mm-hmm. And it would be queued all the way back to Dutch House. Yeah. You know, and it was a nightmare. And then I think in the early to mid-2000s, mm-hmm. they widened it considerably and made it four lanes. And it's wider on the approach. And they put the traffic signals on and various other things. And that basically dealt with the congestion issues there. But my God, if you were to go back 30, 40 years on a, on a, a summer's day, a good summer's day, it would have been pretty crippling down there in, in traffic. And I'm sure there's people listening to this who remember that. I, I only remember, I remember going down there a couple of times when I was much, much younger and that being pointed out to me that that, that was a, a, a hot spot for congestion down it's there. The Sheriff Hall of the South. Oh yeah, point. very much. I uh, I mean, it's mostly four lanes going round it. Um, yeah. I found it okay. I it, think it's it's, re- it's reasonably well signed. And, yeah, it is now. It is now. Yeah. It wasn't we back. Prior. And again, that, that's probably a reflection of the fact that it was built in 1961, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it would have needed some modernization. And bear in mind, that's the end of the dual carriageway. You had yeah, a single, single carriageway bypass after that. And that probably explains why there's no flyover, because I think, why, yeah. did you, why did you not put a flyover there? Yeah, again, because the traffic flows probably just did not justify it at that mm-hmm. time. In 1961, they were getting dual carriageways before most of the rest of the country. Yeah. I mean, think about it, that was dueled before even, you know, parts of the ME or A8, sorry, and A80. Uh, you know, so it was very even parts of the A seventy four still hadn't been finished at that point. So Air County Council were obviously quick at the quick at the Trail gate on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm so, sorry, Nick, you go ahead. Sorry, no, I was just going to say, see, I've been around that roundabout as well, and it is, it's it's almost four lanes all the way around it. Does that show almost a strategic importance, if you like, of it? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Given they've upgraded it to that four lane, because I 
I can't recall off A class roads any other roundabouts of this size. I mean, I know the yeah. eighth and the upgrade from there. I think um, that's a three or four lane around it, but mm -hmm. that's just off a motorway, just for an A class road. Yeah. Well, well, Goga roundabout would like a word with you, Nick. Uh, that, <laughs> that, that, that is. Um, that's in that's the east. Four, that's for yeah, yeah. That's in the east. Oh yeah, we've done that. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's still hell on earth. You know. Yeah, that but that, that actually has a, a flat a, a, a road under it. it but has that whole that underpass. Here we're going off on tangents. Thanks, John. That underpass, <laughs> that whole system at Goger is let down by the fact that they didn't finish the, the Barton Bypass. Of course. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah. You know, but yeah, you're right. But no, it, it is, you know, you don't see many four lane roundabouts, you know, and no. some people do argue these don't work particularly well. Uh, John Cullen would say otherwise. He was a big, you know, he, big fan of these yeah. multi lane, yep. these, but in, in England, for example, I mean, we, we've been on um, Malfunction Junction mm -hmm. in Hangar Lane. Yep. And that's huge. Yeah. You know, the amount of lanes you can get is five or six or something like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you're right. You're right. So let me see the modifications there. And actually, it'd be good to get some detail behind that. I seem to remember that uh, Amy, as the operating company back in those days down there, were involved in that upgrade work. I seem mm -hmm. to remember, so I'll need to look up, need to do some research and, and the, see when the, that the happened. Back being the yeah, the back company, there operating yeah. company again, looking after that section of road. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I said we were only going to talk about dual carriageway sections alive. Okay. We're going to talk about stages two and three, the air bypass as well, which continue it um, from what well, all the way around to, as I said earlier, okay. to Bankfield uh, roundabout. Now, these were built in two sections, so two contracts. Uh, stage two, which takes the road from Whitlitz to Holmston. Uh, again, designed by Air County Council. It opened in April 1963, so only a couple of years later. Right. And it was extended south again. So basically, that section really from Whitlitz to Dutch House, you could actually say it was more of a Prestwick bypass than a near bypass. Right. And some of the papers that we came across actually refer to the Prestwick bypass, uh, you know, as well. So there could be a bit of, you know, name changing going on between air bypass stage one and Prestwick bypass. Okay, mm -hmm. for anybody who's looking up. Uh, it was Jay White and Co. who built this section, not a contractor I'm familiar with, but apparently they were based in Edinburgh, and we don't have any cost for that. Stage three, which came along uh, from Holmston to Bankfield, things started to slow down a wee bit here um, because it didn't come along until 1971. So, now, you know, that's eight years, you know, before it was continuous. So you have to make a hard right turn back into air to then go all the way down through the south and then re-emerge from air, you know, yeah. south of the town. So that must have been quite awkward for a while. Again, single carriageway. That was built by James Anderson and King. Uh, again, not a contractor I'm familiar with. No, um, I've not heard of them. Now, stages two and three, it's very interesting. There was a long drawn out fight between Air County Council and the Scottish office about the standard of road that they, they were looking to provide. Air County Council wanted to duel the entire air bypass from day one. Mm -hmm. The Scottish office kicked back on cross grounds and said that the traffic flows both existing and projected just didn't justify it. Um, but there was various articles that, that John had found um, when he was looking for us. And uh, there was one of them that actually said that it was only going to be something like £100,000 more to duel the whole thing, uh, which would have been, you know, would have been locking in some benefits for it for even now, you know, that would have worked. Because you'll be aware that Transport Scotland have proposals to duel the air bypass in its entirety, and that came out in the 2008 review. Yeah. Uh, so that is a scheme, you know, that they actually want to duel the entire air bypass. Now, crucially, the earthworks were done. For stage yeah, two I was just going to say, I mean, looking at this, it looks like it's dual. Uh, I'm going to make a word up, dualable. Yeah. So, yeah. yes. So, yeah. so it was prepared for dueling, but not mm -hmm. actually dueled. Uh, so when they do eventually come to do it, it should be quite easy to tack in an extra carriageway there. Uh, again, air like a lot of towns across 
the UK has suffered from sprawl. And it's like the bypass has actually created a new boundary mm. of the town. You know, housing has crept farther and further and further do. east. And then yeah. they stop becoming bypasses and they just become a distributor road, yeah. you know, or, yeah. or, or something like that. But really, how much traffic is going south of air as well? I mean, there is quite, yeah. quite a lot. Heading for the know? ports, then it's Renrar and, 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 and beyond, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, before we, we move on to another route very quickly, there is a, there is a town, Mabel, which is south of, of air, that, that yeah. is at this po- current time having a bypass constructed. Yeah. Well, Strathclyde Regional Council had on its books uh, bypasses for all of these towns. Mm. On the seventy seven, Girvan, Maybowl, um there's, there's another one in there, um maybe. Um they had always intended to build them, but they just mm-hmm. were never priorities. So Maybowl's finally getting its bypass. Hopefully Girvan will get its one as well. Not not a dual carriageway, I don't think. I think no, it's no, a two plus one. It's two plus one, two plus which yeah. is not bad, I yeah. suppose. It's not bad. Uh, some might argue that given the strategic importance of Stranra, maybe the A77 should be dueled all the way to Stranra from Glasgow and likewise the A75 from Stranra to, to Gretna. only dream. Yeah. Something yeah. to consider in the future. Uh, A77. It, it's quite, it's quite strange heading down the A77 though because it is relatively dueled all the way until you get to that, that last roundabout we're speaking yeah. about. You then get that short single, sort of goes into a single carriageway section just because of the way the road goes and then the next thing you're, you're through is it is it maybe yeah it's Mabel the town yeah and you're driving yeah. through what is a town center before you head back out I know. the town center again I know that's the way that it used to be done but it's, yeah it's and Mabel's very narrow I think it's got a bit of a one way system as well where southbound traffic is using the old town center and the, and, yes. and there's a northbound coming around the outside and, and rejoins that's very unusual yeah. that yeah I've I've noticed so that they they, they really are screaming out for a bypass. There yep. definitely, so that'll be a benefit there. I haven't been down that way for a long time. South of Air has been a long time. Yeah, we need to go and do some some investigating yeah. down there. We'll get some some Fall photos by. and research done. Any final E seventy seven thoughts, John? No, nothing really. I mean, it's good, just as I say, something I've always wanted to see is, but perhaps a bit of grade separation in some areas. Uh, some improvements to some of the junctions would be quite nice, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, but we are where we are. Uh, there is one thing maybe at Dutch House roundabout. There is a, a, a left left kind of left hand dedicated lane. Well, the filter, yeah, the filter lane. I'm not. That was obviously a later addition. Or something. Yeah, I think I remember that going in as well. I think that might have been an early 2000s addition again because you used to get a lot of queuing in the southbound direction to that roundabout. Uh, but by providing that filter, at least E77 bound southbound traffic was able to carry on through. And you've got the services at Dutch House as well, a rather large service area, and at Belfield. Okay. You know, there's a big service area at Belfield as well. You've got the McDonald's and the, the Petrol Station Hotel, and likewise at, uh, at Duchess. Yeah. You know, you have, have various facilities there. So it's well served by, you know, facilities just off the road. Some long distance, you know, yeah. um, traffic yeah. has to go through. Trucks there. and things, yeah. Is it best to move straight on to maybe the A79 here? Yeah, definitely. Uh, just is, into, yeah. I noticed you've got at the end of the list of the Presswick Bypass, as yeah. you've got it called, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Talk, talk to us about this. Right. So this is basically the loop that goes from Dutch House Roundabout. Um, so at the far north end of the air bypass, it curves around the north of the Prestwick Airport runway, right? right? And it rejoins what was the old A78, I believe, actually in Prestwick, just north of the town Oh, I, I see where you are now. Yeah, yeah. and there's, uh, there's by, by the railway station. Yeah. And there was actually a section of the road, the original A77 is still there. The leg that came off of Dutch House Roundabout and went across the old runway, there's actually still a bit of it visible on the ground. But the road doesn't go anywhere now. Um, you know, oh, you'll see right. that coming off. So that was the original E77 coming off the bog end to Simonton stretch. And it cut across. But when they decided in the 60s they were going to lengthen the, the Presswick runway. Now, bear in mind at that time that Presswick was the main airport in Scotland for transatlantic flights. 
-hmm. you know, Prestwick had the, the monopoly on transatlantic flights from Scotland at that time. Uh, Glasgow was for regional flights only. So Prestwick was a very important airport. Um, okay, it's kind of diminished in importance for passenger traffic, or, you know. Yeah. It's um, a very long runway. Yeah, it has indeed. So yeah. it can take some of the, it can take the biggest planes mm. that, that you get in the world. And if you've ever been down there when one of the big cargo planes come in, some of them are huge. I, mean, I don't know if it was a myth, but the space shuttle apparently is some yeah. of an emergency uh, places in no, the world where it could yeah. land. I don't know if it was Prestwick or Prest Campbelltown. No, it was Prestwick. Prestwick was was on the emergency uh, NASA list. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. would have been interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that that section basically was completed in 1964, November 1964, uh, to take the road around uh, the north of the the runway, the extended runway. Uh, and there was a new terminal building and things opened at that time as well. Uh, that was A.M. Carmichael who constructed that section, again, on a design by Air County Council. It only cost 336k, which would probably be a few million pounds now, actually, when you when you think of the, the time that's passed. What's mm. that, 50, uh, 56 years ago? Uh, that's a good wee section of road, that. You know, because you run right down the side of the, uh, the runway and you're between the railway line at the coast, you know, right on the seafront. Yep. Then you've got the railway, then you've got the dual carriageway, then you've got the airport. You know, so it's a very looking at the map stretch. on it now. Yeah. And I hate to say, but I don't think I've been all the way down and round it. I've just I've just taken the <sighs> dear, trunk dear, section. Oh dear, what am I dealing with here? <laughs> You're dealing with somebody who needs more road trips, you know, but we've not been able to do these things because of coronavirus. I know, you know? I know, I know. So, so yeah, the A79 is quirky. And there's a wee cut off that comes off the A79 and takes you into Troon. Uh, you know, the main road out of Troon joins the A78. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so that's a... Uh, that's pretty interesting as well. Yeah. Okay. Right. So from there, then it kind of makes sense to talk about the E78, doesn't it? The other big one. Yeah. Now I'm this doing is a lot the one of... I like. This is the one I I like. So I I can I can help you out. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of talking here. I don't like this. I prefer it when you do all the talking. So you tell us about the E78. Well, okay. Um, I I, I don't know what end to start with because there is a few things we, we need the to north. look at. This. Start, start in the, the north. north. Yeah, so you want to talk talk about the what we call the three towns bypass. Yes. So three towns bypass is, is a later edition of the the A seventy eight. Um, we're only going to go as far as the kind of um, two plus one section. Yeah, if you want to call it that. Okay. So this one, um, what's what, what bypasses? What is it? Ardrossan, Ardrossan, Stevenson, and Saltcoats. Saltcoats. Yeah. Yes, those are the three towns. Uh, that was actually designed by Scott Wilson. Scott Wilson were the engineering consultants for the Scottish office. Yeah, it was one of these design and build schemes where. They, they gave they gave the Scottish office an outline design, and then when the mm. contractor won, they appointed their own designer to Carl Bro to come up with a detailed design. Yeah. So it's a joint venture between uh, Morrison uh, Construction and Molem. Oh yeah, I remember them. Yeah, uh, I've uh, not heard of Molem before. Yeah, Morrison. yeah, Molem were quite a big contractor for a while. They merged in with someone else. I can't for the life of me remember now, and I should have checked yeah. when I saw that name. But they merged with someone. I they remember did. them merging with someone. Yeah. And um, three. It, it was, I mean, I, I'm trying to remember. In fact, you've got the date here and it opened up at that typical date you always see in the end of December yeah. for roads opening 2004. Yeah. So that's not that old at all. Yeah. Uh, and it was coming at 30 million. This was another one of the bypasses that Strathclyde Regional Council had, had proposed, yeah. proposed for years and years and years that had never happened. Yeah. I, I, there's, there's something I'm always a bit mystified about is it the last leg of it of this bypass is a two plus one and not a dual carriageway. Yeah, I've never do understood you not, that. Do you not know what No. That? I often wonder, you know, you've got the roundabout and the road cuts off to Hedford Dole Rye. Yes. I often wondered if they felt that there would be a lot of drop off of traffic yeah. from there heading for Dole Rye. Maybe it splits or something. I don't know, but yeah, strange. Is it two two lanes coming up the hill from the, from the north? 
and one going down. Is that uh, right? Let me just check for you. Yeah, yeah it's two, line, two lines coming up the hill, which makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, Nick, this is a, I can ask you about this. Just a, what's your general opinion of these two plus one single carriageway arrangements where you've seen them? The, as long as it, it's the same as you guys, though, as long as the traffic flows support the traffic. So in this case, it's traffic heading up from the, the three towns that are the, the two or one town. Often it's traffic coast, heading. Yeah away from it then yes it works um mm -hmm. they're obviously not anticipating a lot of traffic heading in the one-way system big issue on that road is it's a double white line system so if you get right. stuck behind something that's pretty slow you, you are stuck behind that you, <laughs> you know that it's no safe op overtaking opportunities but certain you, vehicles exactly like cycles and stuff but yeah there's no real safe overtaking if you're trying to get into three towns itself yeah yeah you're right you, you say three lane sections and some of them are not double whited you can actually cross over into yeah. to the other lane if 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 uh, if you need to, but that's that's falling out of favour now. They don't tend to do that. Most of them have got big, wide, um, kind of red, solid lines with a red kind of area attached in the middle that you can't cross over. Yeah, even the ones that I I know of or, or used to know of that were three lanes a year, two plus one. A lot of them have been re-engineered now just to be a a single lane each side and they've just put a really big central reserve in and it's just a painted central reserve you know it's, yes. it's not yep. the road but I've they've literally it. just forced it to make sure that there's only a single lane of traffic in each direction and if they, they they sometimes i've seen this nick where they have the hatching in them but it's broken hatching mm -hmm. so you, yes you can still cross over but it deters overtaking I yeah. think that I don't know what the, the deal is with that. It's not a solid line, but mm -hmm. you know, I know we're, we're going off on a tangent here about two plus one <laughs> things, but I just wanted to get your your take on it. To be honest with you, um, the the rest of this bypass, I, I don't really find anything the three times bypass that special. It's about very it. fast moving. It's like a racetrack um, on occasions in my but it's experience. Roundabouts. It's yeah. not grade separated. There's long streets between mm -hmm. the roundabouts and, and and there's a downhill stretch as well and, and the, the, i've noticed quite a, a problem with speeding on that uh, although it's considerably better than the situation before the bypass i mean there was a lot of traffic mm -hmm. summertime traffic going through the three towns you know dragging itself through those uh those single carriageway urban roads you know uh, yeah. the a78 going right through there so it was a, a a massive improvement when it when it came along so the the next section uh we're going to talk about is actually the kill winning bypass yeah another interesting bit of road. so this I, is the kill winning southern bypass yeah, i had never realized that the kill winning bypass was a thing right I, mm -hmm. i'm showing, showing my ignorance here when it comes to airshire i always assumed that that section of dual carriageway that goes from you know the big retail park at stevenson where you've got the morrisons the mcdonald's uh and, and various other food outlets and things yes i had always assumed that that was the end of the Irvine bypass i i never realized uh, but... that, that you know, had never realised. Yeah, because when you say kill winning bypass, that's something that we always wish we had. Yes, because I, I that was like a northwestern bypass almost. Of yeah. kill winning, but the A seven three seven would split off from Dalry and take that that road, the B seven. Yeah, was it the B seven one four, and then go down that yeah. way? Yeah, that's what I think would be the kill winning bypass because kill winning doesn't to me have a bypass exactly. from an a737 point of view yeah. it doesn't but no this is the kill winning bypass apparently yeah you know and uh this was designed by air uh county council now we don't have a contractor for this no contractor for this one uh, we'll it, need to try and find that but, but it was do, done in-house it was done in-house yeah mm -hmm. uh, it was only about five hundred thousand pounds i think half a million construction so you know not very much but dual carriageway crucially yes. dual carriageway and Opened in when? August 1962? August 1962, so another early one. Very early, 24th yeah. of August 1962. So I guess the traffic situation in co-winning, mm -hmm. just like it here, must have been so bad that these schemes were considered necessary for early delivery. Yeah. Um, you know, now, the extensive co-winning, 
Nico winning bypass is basically from Irvine. So mm-hmm. from the top end of that high spec dual carriageway, um, mm-hmm. all the way around to the, the roundabout at Stevenson, which is the end of the three towns bypass. Yeah. It's, it, yeah um, I mean, it's not a massively long section, I no. suppose, if yeah. we look at it that way. But uh, see, I suppose see, just looking. Sorry, see, ahead, just Nick. looking at the map in that one, see the A737 you were talking about, that being a north-south um, north bypass. I take it there was no plans for a, a north-south bypass north-south bypass at the east of that town then heading into that roundabout. Is it Penny, Pennyburn? Yeah, not that, not, not that I know of, Nick, but that's not to say that Strathclyde didn't have ambitions to do that. You know, The plan was, and it has been mooted, that there should be a kill-winning bypass mm-hmm. from the, the A737, but that was always going to pass the west. Yeah. You know, uh, I know and I've spoken to people who who have been involved with some discussions, uh, you know, in the industry I've worked in about where this really should go, mm-hmm. um, if mm-hmm. it should be quite close to winning or if it should be an upgrade of the B road yeah, um, to take it really far away from the town. But winning is a bottleneck. Well, the A737s are trunk road. Um, yeah. So, you know, coming down through an urban area is never ideal because you get a lot of strategic traffic. And yeah, coming through yeah. winning and it is substandard. And you get to those traffic lights and you need to turn right on what I think becomes the A738. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a really awkward manoeuvre. Uh, yeah. yeah, and there's plenty of land available. Uh, you know, Norfolk winning, they could easily squeeze something in from there right across to the A78. Uh, I, think, I, mean, I think it's another thing they should do if, mm-hmm. if we're intent on improving the A737 so much. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. definitely. So we're going to move on now on to the uh, Irvine Bypass. Now, this is the section I love. Yes. Uh, of of this. So this is uh, Irvin down towards Dundonald. Okay. The, the over-engineered section. The over-engineered <laughs> section. Now this bit here was, Irvin, as we know, is a new town, yeah. you know, sections of it there. So this road was actually designed um, by the Irvin Development Corporation. Yeah. So a lot of these new towns had their own mini municipal authorities kind of in there to deal with these things and they 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 designed this one and it was constructed by uh this is a contractor i've never heard of uh wnc french yeah they can they actually uh constructed stage 2b of the monkland motorway um they were involved in that they changed their name Did... to french kier and right. then eventually became kier kier um, who you all know and love yeah yes exactly so yeah so w wnc french uh yeah they were involved in some of the schemes up here not 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 many ones but i didn't yeah. i didn't know that actually mm-hmm. the um the date we've got open it opened on the 25th of march 1976 so yeah. that's the same year as the renfrew yep mm-hmm. motorway now why do i love this section this it's it's put down here at six million yeah it cost uh, a lot which, of money there which is a lot of money then well it's three lanes in yeah. either direction now in scotland that's uh unheard of Yes. Um, for an all-purpose dual carriageway, three lanes in either direction. We can barely get three lanes on some of our motorways. Exactly. Um, now, in England, people, people from England will be listening and go, well, you know, you've got the A3, that's three lanes yeah. going each other, and loads of other examples down there. But no, in, in Scotland, um, this, this is quite unique, and, and for the age of the time. And this was, of course, it was built quite large and, and grade-separated with the, the junctions on it uh, that go there. You've got Warwick's and... And uh, what's what's the one just south of Warwick's called? If it's kind of Dundonald or, or whatever. Yeah, that, there, that is, there is another one in there, isn't there? Yes. New House Interchange, just a new house. south. That's right, that's a New House Interchange as another well. Another New House, yeah, that's right. you know, to keep, keep us right. <laughs> um, they predicted a, a far greater growth in Irvine yeah. than what, what materialised. You know, so the idea was we'll build this wide, high-capacity road first. Then, but these things... And you'll have all these... 
90,000 vehicles a day using that. And it, and it never happened. Don't get me wrong, it's very nice uh, that we do have this. And certainly some of my colleagues have said to me, it's such a great road to do maintenance on because you can shut lanes during the day because it's so quiet and you can go and cut the It's one of those roads you can go turbo on as well, John. You know, I know you, you like can go turbo. You can go turbo. That's a stick. You know, what, you know what I mean, Nick? When you need to clean out the engine a bit, you know? I'm sorry, officer. I was just cleaning my injectors. Yeah. <laughs> shocking. Absolutely shocking. But yeah, it's, it's a great section of road. Totally over-engineered. Yes. Uh, very modern in fuel. Yeah. Good standard, high standard, good sight lines. Um, very much so. It's, oh, it's high speed. Have you spent quite a lot of time in it? Yeah, I've inspected most, if not all, of the bridges and structures on that section. Mm. Um, there's a long drive, which is a very long slip road yeah. uh, that comes off of the road there. That's uh, It's like a fork. And it runs for a mile. I think it's one of the longest slip roads um, in Scotland. It has to be. It has to be. Um, oh, yeah. I've heard about this one. Yeah, yes. it's actually called Long Drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's fascinating. It's always fascinated me. Uh, and mm-hmm. again, like you say, for maintenance purposes, it's very easy because it's uh, you can stick lane closures on and still have two lanes mm-hmm. in each direction. I know. You think it should almost have hard shoulders as well. But the, the three-lane section only really runs from Warwick's. Yeah. Up towards the, well, the, it ends the on it ends in the E seventy one, doesn't it? Which yeah. makes sense because they were probably anticipating a lot of traffic coming in from the east along the E seventy one, heading north into Irvine. Mm-hmm. You know that, so you can see why, you know, they were coming. You know, thinking what's plan ahead here. But as you said, Irvine never quite developed in the way that they they thought. By the time Irvine really started to get going, they, they had started to look away, turn away from new towns. You know, started yeah. to invest more heavily on in what we had already the existing infrastructure like the east end of glasgow and, and, and places like that you know mm-hmm. so just maybe everyone just came too late but it got us my pass all the yeah. same which was good yeah it's uh it's, it's i've got a little story about it before we move on um i i it sticks in my memory as on those three lane sections i experienced the worst hail hailstone kind of storm i don't mm-hmm. know what happened some kind of squall came through right and uh, the hailstones were so bad that even the top setting of the windscreen wipers i couldn't see and i had to uh, stop the car. See, when you're doing 100 mile an hour and you hit heel, it's always going to be It's always a problem, you know. That's just it. You know, the Ferrari was dented that day, you know. But I actually took cover under an overbridge just so I could see what was going on. It was one of the most frightening things I've ever had in my life because I remember the lights were on and everything, and every car just stopped yeah. on the road. All and it wasn't busy. Yeah. And I think an HGV is going to go in the back of me. Yeah, you know. So uh, I think no. you just stopped at a live a live lane just because of heel. Well, I, I, the thing is, Nick, it was one of these situations where I couldn't see. He's not doing himself anything. I, c- I, could, I couldn't see anything. I couldn't yeah. see a single thing. And um, I couldn't find a hard shoulder. So I had to, I pulled it and it was just under one of the, the overbridges. And then I could could, could see and I, I bumped the car up ever so slightly. Yeah. And then, it, and the funny thing is with it, 10 20 seconds later it was gone just went as quick as it, it was it was the yeah. strangest weather event i've ever had in my life and it was also i feel like one of the most dangerous things that ever happened but i'd stop <laughs> but the thing is nick um i, I mean obviously it's not a motorway uh but I'm, I'm, i might i might have done something wrong there because it might have been a clear way yeah you never know you never know but if it mm-hmm. wasn't a clear way then i'm perfectly entitled to, to stopping at the deck chair out. You know right, okay. I, I take it there's been no calls to, to make one of, the, one of the lanes on each side a, a hard shoulder a refuge if you like for it is there any requirement it's, for it or it's just not busy enough it's, not busy it's just enough. not busy enough but it would make it, 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 what Nick's got a point it makes yeah. sense certainly from a maintenance point of view is yeah. yeah you could convert one of them or hatch the offside off or something if you know to, yeah, make, to make that's it a good point yeah breakdown friendly but n- n- you never know I mean it's it's all future proofed for, for for future growth mm-hmm. okay so take us south of there then john okay um we've spoken um 
about the Irvine Bypass quite extensively there, but we come on to the Lones Bypass now, which actually runs from the southern end of the, the Irvine Bypass at Dundonald all the way down to uh, the A79, which we spoke about earlier. Yeah. Now, I, I've always considered this to be the Trun Bypass. It was only when I started doing some research and seeing some of the papers coming in from, from Graham and John that, that I realised it was referred to as the Lones Bypass mm-hmm. uh, or Trun or Barassi or any of these places that the road... But you're not wrong about. in saying Trun's yeah. Bypass, but I suppose it's what the contract was called. Um, because this one came along a bit later, uh, it's uh, 1982. We do not have the exact day, but yeah. 1982. It was Strathclyde Regional Council. By that time, it would have been. They, yeah. they, it's probably the same people. It would have been. Yeah. So it's yeah. just uh, Strathclyde Regional Council was obviously there at that point, and they in- designed that in house. Yeah. And uh, mentioned here is actually French Kier. French Kier won that we, section as we well. But you know, 1982 is very recent for that to be so substandard. Mm-hmm. You know, just single carriage because it's very busy in the summer. So I can all imagine the hell that there must have been. Getting kicked off that. Th- can you imagine coming off the three lane Irvine bypass, chucked back onto single carriageway, heading for air mm-hmm. for years, years before before the second section to the south came on? I mean, that must have been a nightmare. Mm-hmm. No, I can only imagine. That must be why they had the three lane section for traffic management. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, so, so people could queue? You know? Yeah, just stack them. I mean, you think so. about it, that's 20 years after the co winning bypass opened, mm-hmm. just a few miles to the north. You I don't know. have much to say about that section. I mean, it does have uh, it does have a couple of great separate junctions, a couple of half diamonds and things like yeah. that down there before. It's pretty but featureless, to be honest. It's nondescript, yeah. isn't it? But it's good. It's a good good bit of road, good high speed bit of road. Uh, yeah. Moves very well, uh, and and it does the job of connecting the urban bypass with the, the section to air. And mm-hmm. and it's like when you're driving about Ayrshire on these dual carriages, it's fantastic because you can go from A to B very easily. No, this you is know. what I've been saying about how Livingston is one of the best yeah. places in, on the planet. Yeah. You can get about so quickly. Any new town is fantastic for that. We, we need to do some more research in here, and we need to get to the bottom of why they were so quick to get their proposals out. And, all right, okay, some of them took it's to the 80s to come mon- along. A lot of money available yeah. at the time. Yeah. And, and things They've like also that. had the county council who were willing to push, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and there was a lot of traffic, a lot of summer traffic, as we say, so that was maybe their justification, and they've pushed hard, and they've, they've soaked up the money and, and delivered, which takes us to the final route, that oh, we're yes. going to look at, which is one of my personal favourites, because oh, yeah. I, I I love the E seventy one as a road, the non trunk one. Yes, because it doesn't give you any bother because it's non trunk. No, I I, I like the E seventy one because it's a good classic historic cross country route yes. from Scotland Edinburgh to Ayr or Edinburgh to. Because yeah, the A seventy one is actually a very long road. Yeah. I mean, if you see the A seventy one number, you can follow that all the way through to Blumen Edinburgh. It's a route that comes comes very close to my part of the world uh, yeah. in Lanarkshire. I, I've always enjoyed using the A seventy one. Basfire is a great Lanarkshire road. Yeah, fantastic Lanarkshire road. <laughs> yeah, it's a great one for going to Ayr from here. Before the M seventy seven came along, uh, you know, south of Newton Mearns. If I was heading to Ayr from Lanarkshire, I would have taken the A seventy one from Stonehouse, Straven, from Clog, Darvel. Uh, New Milnes, all these places, all the way out to to Kilmarnock, going that way because it was quicker, it was safer, and and it was a stated ambition at one point of Strathclyde Region to bypass every town and village on the seventy one and potentially even Jewett, yeah, um, given its old importance. But with the M seventy seven coming along now, that's kind of killed all that off. Okay. Anyway, the section we're interested in is the section from Irvine to Kilmarnock to Belfield to Warwick. Yeah. So that was built in three phases as well. Mm-hmm. Phase one, which was from the Irvine bypass at Warwick to Dreghorn. Mm-hmm. which is the first roundabout you hit. 
Okay, mm -hmm. that was completed in 1978. Unfortunately, we don't know the exact date and we don't know the cost of it, but we do know um, that it was designed by Strathclyde Regional Council. We don't have a contractor for that bit either. No. So if anybody knows that they can get in touch. It's clearly meant to be a flyover here, Stuart. I mean, oh, yeah. look at the roundabout here. It's got the flared approaches yeah. on it. There's, there's so, two junctions on that road. The, the, the next one, so phase two, which took us from Dreghorn to Moorfield, which mm -hmm. is the second roundabout on that road. Again, you can see clearly that there was supposed to be a flyover there as well. Uh, I guess by the time Strathclyde came along, and it was the 25th of November, 1983, that phase two opened uh, at a cost of 8 million. Uh, you know, uh, available budgets were much tighter by that stage. So the future-proofing element had gone. You know, mm -hmm. the building the flyover initially, you know, the early doors stage had, had kind of disappeared by that stage. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, 8 million pounds that one cost. And it was built by Watlings as well. Okay. They're there again. And then that finished us uh, all the way across the Kilmarnock. So from Moorfield to Belfield, again, designed by Strathclyde Regional Council. Now, we think this one opened in 1987. It's like a Kilmarnock Southern bypass. Yes, yeah, very late 1987 for that to be opened. I mean, it's not a time. You, you don't build roads in the late 80s. No, you know that. not it's really. like a rule. And yeah. that's an there's part yeah. of that road's elevated. It's on an elevated structure as it's, you know, swings I've, around past Kilmarnock. I've seen that, yeah. I've been over that. That's pretty cool. Now, we're not 100% sure on the contractor, but we think it may have been Fairclough. That's mm -hmm. Leonard Fairclough of Renfrew Bypass, uh, sorry, Renfrew Motorway Stage 2, or AMEC as they became. Uh, possibly either of the two roads, but we need to have that, that confirmed. Um, so that, that could sort of completes the A71. It's a great road. There's a section of it in the East Ayrshire boundary, I think, that's now 50 mile an hour. So, you know, so from the section from yeah, Kilmarnock to the to the boundary with I, North Ayrshire. I've noticed this. There is a there is a, a silly limit on it. Yeah. And uh, I, I said silly limit because I've gone on and I can't really see anything wrong with it. You used, uh, you used to like you, going turbo on it. No, in fairness, it's just it just, just felt <laughs> like, oh, I've, I've, I'm, I'm at 50, but why am I at 50? You I know, think they had a, a bit, poor accident record. And then you'd said to me, you obviously know quite a bit about the road. The road actually does a terrible safety record. Yeah. And um, in particular, it is it is policed. There, oh, is, yeah, it's there is there is a there it is a van yes. uh, that that likes to sit in one of the laybys there. So you know you have to you have to be careful. One of those ones you've told me before. You think it's an ice cream van until you're right at it, and then you realise it's too late. You know, <laughs> anything to, to you have to, to be careful. Just watch your speed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only the thing is with this, only only the guilty should fear anything, shouldn't they? That's the true, innocent have nothing to fear. That's, <laughs> that's 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 very true. Just on that, you know, the safety camera vans only generally are only placed where there is a significant history of uh, yeah. traffic collisions, mm -hmm. especially serious and, and fatal collisions. And they're there as a deterrent. You know, they're there to try and slow people down to stop these crashes from happening. No. So, yeah, no turbo Excellent. sections on that, please, John. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that leaves a tiny wee section of the A76, which you meet again at Belfield. So we've kind of done a big loop here. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was the Hurlford Bypass, which is a single carriageway section that runs roughly from Kilmarnock Prison. Um, John, you'll, you'll be familiar with that one. Uh, <laughs> the way this up, podcast is going, I'll be way too familiar with it. <laughs> all the way up to, uh, up to the E77, obviously, at Belfield. That's a wee section, a single carriageway there built as part of the Kilmarnock Bypass, mm -hmm. just to improve connections and, and bypass the town there. You can still see the old road as you cut through, because the E71 continues, obviously, mm -hmm. through there, heading towards Lanarkshire. Just a little, you know, Belfield interchange we keep talking about? Yes. They call that Hurlford interchange in the original documents. Do they? Interesting. Yes, I've seen that. So I was like, everything I know is a lie. Okay, you know, so that's interesting. Go. Yeah, didn't know that. Uh, any final thoughts on Ayrshire road system before we move on to a couple of questions? 
No, no I, I think we've, you've covered so much, Nick. Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to say about Escher? No, I just I didn't realize that Halford Road was that elevated just when you were saying it. You know, it's, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's like it's, the West uh, Way of Escher. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe. <laughs> okay, we'll go right. with that. Okay. Um, so if anybody out there has any knowledge of the Ayrshire Roads and mm-hmm. they'd like to get in touch, please do. Email, yes. direct message, instant message, whatever you want to send us. Uh, get in touch. If you got, especially if you've got photos or maybe yeah. you knew somebody worked on one of these Opening things. brochures. Oh. We always like an opening brochure. Yes, we um, have to reward anyone heavily for that. Yes, most definitely. So yeah, cool. please get in touch um, if you have that. Now, we're going to take some, some listener questions that came in. Nick, you're going to be the question master, I believe. I am. I'm, I'm going to try and change it up a wee bit because I think I was pretty useless with my road knowledge there when we are talking about Ayrshire oh. Road. So I think I'll just start to, no, to quiz you, you guys you now. You made up for it with the, with the policing knowledge. Yes, so, <laughs> that's it. So, we'll give you that. I, Right, stop trying to butter me up, John. I still have this conversation. <laughs> <in> this. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, listen, a couple of questions for this podcast. The first one I'm going to go with is uh, Neil Collinson, who I think contacted us via Facebook. Mm-hmm. And he asks, uh, no, hi, everyone. What is your opinion on the change from discharge lighting to LED-based lights? I find the spread of light to be not as good, resulting in well-lit areas followed by dark patches. The posts were spaced for the old lights with continuous coverage, but now with the new lights, it's not so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally speaking, I hate it as a driver, but I love it as a pedestrian. It makes me feel safer when I'm walking at night on a footway because I feel the colours are a bit better and you can see more. Mm-hmm. As a driver, I I don't like it so much. I find the glare of LED lighting, not just from cars that have them now, but also from the street lighting, I find it difficult on the eye, especially in wet weather. So driving right. at night in wet conditions, I find it difficult. Uh, not impossible to see. I'm still I'm still able to drive safely. Mm-hmm. However, I feel that my eyesight is uh, perhaps not as, as clear as it is uh, in, in normal conditions. That's an interesting point. Hey, pretend I'm I've, not here. I've, I've heard people moan about LED lighting columns, but it, not so much from a driver or pedestrian perspective, but from the houses that are near them. Yeah, people say because it's oh, like daylight. I can't sleep now because it's uh, yeah. You know, I I can't say I've found that to be a problem. Um, I think you know it's it's the future. It's much lower energy consumption oh, listen, of these there's, things. There's so. clear benefits to them, and I you know yeah. uh, through the work that I did with the Glasgow uh, sign gantries and, and introducing LED lighting and yeah, into the internal illumination, it is far superior to anything we had but before. There, there is perhaps a point in this because now now that, that you know Neil has said this. In this question, I'm probably going to look out for this. Is the light spread as good? Maybe columns need to be higher and higher, need to be closer together potentially. But this is where your high mass lighting comes in. Yeah. This is why high mass lighting is the best. Yeah, yeah. LED lighting on high mass lighting on the ME urban mm-hmm. section is fantastic. Yeah. Because the spread there is brilliant. It is like driving in daylight. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's far easier. And because it's so high, it's up your eye line. I personally feel that you don't get the same glare. Yeah. Uh, you know, coming through. Mm-hmm. Uh, through the windscreen, but it's just that wee bit higher. I find it easier to drive with the high masts. We need again the high masts. Yeah. These techno these technology things are always changing as well because it's not just the LED; it's the optics that go with it. It's the lenses mm-hmm. that they put on, and if they yeah. make better lenses for them, if they invest in better lenses, they're going to throw more light a further distance than what they were normally. That will stop that bright patch right underneath the light as well, and it will try and diffuse it a, a bit better. Yeah. Um, but as you say, it's because they're that efficient. These LED lights aren't getting replaced anywhere near as often as is what the old lights the old are ones. so yeah, yeah once, once these lights are in these these lights are in all right okay that's great okay next right. question what's next nick uh, next one again going to go from facebook and this is from blair nelson um, who says any idea who the guy is that stands on the pedestrian bridge uh, round about the junction 21 m8 with a big camera wonder what he deletes he catches with it i can <laughs> answer this question um, okay. i don't know personally 
Um, however, I, I do see him quite frequently when he's up in the bridge and he does take quite a lot of photographs. And it's generally, he is just at about Junction 21, just at the, the large overbridge. He normally stands at the, the westbound carriageway, so photographing vehicles coming westbound. Um, and it's my understanding that he normally takes photographs of either passing emergency vehicles um, or uh, trucks or any other vehicles of interest when he's oh, come by. Okay. I am mm -hmm. pretty sure that he puts them online. If I can find the details of it and if he's happy with it, I'll try and get a link to put out possibly on our, mm -hmm. our social media feeds. Because mm -hmm. um, he does capture some really good photos and he's, he's in a, a, a very unique position to take photographs and he, he does capture yeah. some really good ones. Mm -hmm. I have seen the guy a couple of times and I have wondered myself, I wonder what he was spotting. Because uh, yeah. I know truck spotting is quite a big thing. Yeah, I've I've, I've bumped into them on bridges at work before, mm -hmm. where, where guys are out there looking looking for particular vehicles or trucks. Ah, good stuff. All right, next one. I've seen I've seen myself photographed in one of our cars, or, or a couple <laughs> of times in our cars going, going through there. Really? So this, oh, um, <laughs> not going no. turbo, John. <laughs> well, you're allowed to sometimes. So it's a state, you know. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've, Got this one from an interesting name, a G colon backslash razor. Um, uh, he asks, could be from the G drive. This, this is our friend <laughs> on, on Twitter. Yes. Okay. On Twitter. Uh, why wasn't the eastbound M8 at Bailison linked to the northbound M73? He suspects the church or the railway, but that's just a guess. Yeah, it's, it's, it's neither of them, to be honest. It was simply that the M80 was anticipated to allow for that manoeuvre for traffic coming from the... Uh, from the from the west yeah uh, and i think somebody actually did answer the question on, on on twitter i noticed a comment so yeah it was really just about it was expected that the m80 would cater for that however there were some disagreements between the designers of the glasgow highway plan and the lanarkshire highway plan uh, we know that john cullen and scott wilson felt that bailiston as we've discussed before was a bit of a disaster to be honest at considering yeah. the size of it and you couldn't make all movements it was just a bit ridiculous uh i think in hindsight a connection to the northbound m73 would have been helpful and likewise from the southbound m73 to the westbound m8 yeah uh, but yeah it was just simply at the time you see because of the glasgow to... fort being there yes oh, yeah. i agree yeah yeah exactly yeah that's not impossible mm -hmm. all right nick i think we've got a couple more haven't we we do next one from craig fraser who asks uh, via twitter where do you think the new motorway um, or dual carriageway is required around glasgow or across the country oh. if any God, that's... Can, can I answer? <laughs> yeah, but keep it brief. We've spoken about this quite a lot, <laughs> is that, um, we, you know, we have a form of a southern orbital. Yeah. We, do need, we do need either that continued, or we need a northern orbital running from north of the Erskine Bridge and we all the way down to around about kind of near Cumbernauld yep. to tie in just there. And providing this bypass option, if they're so keen to get people out of the city centre and, and improve air quality and all this guff, they should do that, you know? <laughs> these are the views of John Haskell, not the views of no, the Glasgow no, I'm, Motorway I'm just saying there is a lot of talk about these things. So to me, in the Glasgow area, yeah, we need to look at a kind of bypass, to be serious. Okay, I, I think this is this question's coming up for us quite regularly, quite right. frequently. I think we're going to have to do a podcast on, on potential network improvement schemes or additions. That would be lovely. That could be a good yeah, one for I, the I new year. I think that would be good. So that's a good one, Craig. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, Nick, final question then. Final question from John Boy, uh, again via Twitter, is any info or information regarding how the canal was dewatered at Townhead when the M8 was being built? Yeah, simply the two pipes that run beneath the motorway or to the side of the motorway were, were built first. Uh, the canal was then diverted at the Coke Bridge end into the new pipes and then the canal basin was eventually cleared and filled or whatever, depending on whether the motorway was on top of it or not. Uh, we've got one or two photos uh, from November 1965 showing Townhead 
just north of Alexandra Parade, where you can see the old empty canal basin still sitting. Uh, so by that point, it had already been diverted. So, so yeah, it was a case of build the pipes, uh, tie it in at the, the north end at Cool Hill is the name of the place near Burgetti, and uh, pump the water through there, and then shut the rest of it off. Mm -hmm. Try the whole thing out. Although, although I, I'm simplifying it a bit. Initially, it was only piped from Townhead to Black Hill at near Junction 12. Uh, the section from Black Hill to, to Burgetti was done uh, a few years later. Mm -hmm. So that's a nice simple answer. Uh, thanks, Nick, for those questions. They were pretty good. And thanks for the usual people for sending them in. We've just, just not had questions in a while, so that I was know. nice. Yeah, just conscious yeah, of time. You. So I'm just going to take the last couple of minutes just to talk about the new website, which is coming along. People will have seen on social media that the existing website um, has gone. It's now gone after 10 long years of service with that domain uh, and that provider. We are deciding to move on to something much more modern and something that was, is more mobile friendly and much more adaptive and dynamic and interesting and easy to change. Yes, um, all of that. The old website really constrained us because we had big plans, but they were very difficult to implement, which is why progress has been slow in the last couple of years. So we've been working with various people to come up with something new. It will launch sometime between Christmas and New Year, depending on how quickly I can iron out the final issues that we have. Uh, and I'm sure you'll notice a, an immediate improvement um, when you're looking. So all the existing content that was on the old website will be available on the new one with some changes and new photos and new schematics and new maps and a whole variety of things. The way that you find these pages has changed because previously you would go into a route, so you went into M8, and then all the various contracts were all listed and you could click on the individual pages. What we've done is we've changed it up a bit because we're going to be actually inviting people to produce articles for us on a whole variety of subjects moving forward. So what we've done is we've created routes pages, which basically give you a brief, broad overview of each route, each motorway, each A-road, Clyde Tunnel, for example, MA, M74, they're all in there. And then we have an article section where all the individual contract pages are listed as a detailed article. And that's where you'll go if you want the really nitty gritty detail that we're well known for. So you want the really old photos, you want the really you know, detailed consideration of junction types and, and the way the route was designed, all of that's still going to be there. Just the way you find it, hopefully, will be a bit easier than before. And there's going to be new articles coming up. Nick doesn't know it yet, but he's going to be asked to produce an article uh, on, on roads policing uh, and, and, and the like and, and, and the sort of, you know, the day-to-day -day activities and duties there. Uh, John's going to do as an article as well on Livingston, Newtown. Um, mm -hmm. That's going to be coming along. Uh, I'm going to be doing one for us on the east flank of the inner ring road um, and, and various other bits and bobs. And we're hoping actually to bring and, in... And Monkland. And Monkland. Monkland will be there from day one. Uh, we've not had the Monkland page prior to this, but it will be available. Mm. Uh, and I'm also going to do some history things as well, you know, so considering the need for the motorways back in the 50s and 60s, how it all developed, all came together. And I'm hoping that we're going to get some planners, some actual roads planners, traffic engineers to produce some articles for us as well, just to give us some insights. So it's um, good to have extra input yeah. from other people on the site. So that's kind of the intention going forward, just to, to, to shake it up a wee bit. Now, the website will be wonderful to view on mobile it will be very clear to read on mobile unlike the old site but i would say that it will still be optimized for desktop browsing you know so if you've got the option of looking at it on a pc or a laptop i still encourage you to do that yeah. um, if you look mobile is great if you're just looking up something quickly you want a quick view of something but if you really want to spend some time and get a really great appreciation of it set an hour or two aside get yeah. a cup of tea and sit down and yeah and have a look at it on desktop exactly. yeah because it's the best the best way to view it all right um I, I think on that note, I think we've more or less covered everything for this. Take, take a breath, Stuart. I know, of course. I know. <laughs> uh, this Christmas special. Yeah. Um, again, would we'll you say thank you to everyone who purchased a calendar 
my goodness, I, mm -hmm. I had a very busy three weeks dealing yeah. with all that, the logistics of that. It became um, a little warehouse. Yes, uh, I think we were blown away by the, the popularity mm -hmm. of those this year. We far, far, far outsold last year and any expectations we had. So thank you to everybody who, who purchased one of them or a booklet, Kingston booklet. Mm -hmm. Still available, of course, on the, on the website. Uh, snap one of them up as well if you've not already. So thank you for all the support. That will allow us to continue with our work in 2021. Mm -hmm. uh, with the digitization, crucially, we've got our eyes on some scanning equipment that we're hoping to pick up. Uh, and there's one or two other things as well, some surprises as we as we work towards uh, big mm -hmm. events next year. Erskine Bridge 50th anniversary probably being the biggest. Yeah, we're going to really have to start thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, so we've got a few anniversaries coming up. So so we'll be planning ahead to that. And hopefully as the situation improves, we'll be able to get out and about and you'll start to see us again yep. at events. Yes, um, you I'm know. looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. So Nick, thank you again for joining thank us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm hoping you'll be coming back again many, many, many times to, to discuss with us. As long as, as, long as you guys will have me, yep, more than yep. happy to come back. And hopefully we can actually have you here in person again, um, you know, so we can actually treat it like a proper forum and discussion, which is always great fun. Yeah. And John, thank you to you as well for all your yeah. usual efforts. No worries. Um, but for this Christmas special and for 2020, that's uh, the last Glasgow Motor Archive podcast for this year. Uh, if you want to hear any of the episodes that we produce, you can, of course, find them on Podbean, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Mm -hmm, that's right. And don't forget about the social media. It has been fantastic lately, as always. So if you need that daily fix, go and see us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as well. Yeah, and be sure to leave us some ratings for the podcast as well on Apple in particular. If you're listening on there, as I've said many times, um, it, it does get us yeah, some exposure. Yeah, give us a review. Yeah let people see and hear about us. Uh, this podcast will be available on YouTube as well for anybody who, who likes to listen uh, via YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, we've started uploading some of them on there and it will be available on the new website as well. Uh, it will eventually, eventually take its place on the, the Airship page. Mm -hmm. uh, so on that happy note, I hope everybody has a, a lovely Christmas and a, and a yes. safe Christmas and safe New Year. And we'll see you back in 2021 for the launch of what we're going to call Series 3 of the Glasgow <laughs> Motor Archive podcast. We're going into our third series. Um, of them and we've got a whole raft of things planned for the coming year it's going to be a good year 2021 hopefully a lot better than 2020 yep all right on all it's not going to be hard <laughs> no. all right so thanks for now and bye thank you bye bye, bye.